this is going to be um, a, a different type of lesson. We, we're going to need our Bibles. You're going to need something to write on. You're, you're, we're going to need all of this because the Lord has given me some scriptures that we are going to go into. Some of them we've looked at before, some of them we haven't, and we'll see how many we can get to tonight. But um, we are going to go through the scriptures together and we're going to dissect the, the scripture based on what the Lord is teaching us. Okay. So this these last couple, well, for the last, I think three or four weeks now, we've been talking about humility. And humility, we've defined it as a realistic view of our own importance. We've heard scriptures like, um, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to, submit yourself one to another in humility, and these things where we tend to think um, about humility in regards to ourselves where other people are concerned. We're not to think, we're not to think more highly of ourselves and look down on other people, and we're to submit to each other in humility. So um, our leaders and things like that. And while there is a place for that, while that is absolutely true, the true definition of humility is a realistic view of our own importance in the sight of God and in comparison to God. And the Bible says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and in due time, he will exalt you, right? So when we look at humility in relationship to God, and we um, walk in humility where it pertains to God, it will express itself in our interactions with other people. But we're gonna look at humility as it relates to us and God. There's a reason for that. And if you give me a minute, because I hear Holy Spirit saying something, give me just one moment. Yes. Lots of times when people think of humility, we think of it as something we don't like to do, something we don't want to do, something that's hard to do, especially when you throw that word submit in there or submission, and it's just like, oh my gosh, you know, and it, and it seems like such a burden, such a chore to do. And in reality, it, it is. <laughs> Why? Because we have to put our pride down. We've got to put our ego down. We've got to let go of some things that we don't want to let go of. And it seems like it's all in the name of esteeming other people. But God has been showing us over these last few weeks how when we look at humility in relationship to him, humility is such a gift because we get the very way that we think from God and when we submit our way of thinking over to his way of thinking, wow, how many burdens are removed? How many answers are found? How many solutions come forth? How many, and, and, and it's just, it's, it's amazing. And I was listening to, I, I was replaying the video from last week. And as I was sharing my testimony about the journey that God's taken me through with humility, I made the statement that humility is opportunity after opportunity to receive God's love for us afresh. God has put such a sweet spin on humility that if we will, if we will receive this from him, 
walking in humility does not have to be a hard task, a difficult task, and, and it doesn't even have to remain a task that we struggle to do when we get to, when we begin to see it through his eyes. And so the last two weeks that we've been studying humility, the lesson has been taking God at his word about us. We've talked a lot about acknowledging God's authority, acknowledging the authority of God's word, making God's word first place, supreme authority in our lives, standing on the word, believing the word. We've talked about all this, and usually we're talking about outside circumstances, you know, what God says, if, if there's, um, if there's COVID-19, okay, and sickness, but by Jesus' stripes, I'm healed, or God shall supply all my needs, or, you know, whatever it is, I'm the head and not the tail. All these things, yeah, there's statements about us in general, and we, we, it seems like it's easier to take God's word about those general things, especially when we're going through situations, but when it comes down to what God says about you. When God told me, <laughs> all right, this is the first time I'm sharing this here recently. So a struggle that I've been having here recently is God has told me to step out, okay? He says, you are a prophetess. You've known you're a prophetess for over 20 years now, and you've been walking at it, and people acknowledge it and everything, but I've never used the title. I've never used the title. And God says, it's time. And as much as I like to align with God and agree with God, and, and I think I have, you know, a, a relatively easy time of it. It, it, it is, but this, it got to me. It got to me. It was a, it was a struggle. It was scary. I experienced lots of emotions that I haven't experienced in a very long time. And, and I couldn't figure that thing out. I couldn't figure out why this was so hard for me. And it all came down to humility. Humility says, I am who God says I am. I have what God says I have, and I can do what God says I can do. And I had to get to that place because it's like, <laughs> all right, Catherine, walk the walk. Don't just talk the talk. I had to get to that place where, okay, God, you call me prophetess, then I'm prophetess. All right, that's the title you want me to use. That is the title I will use. You want, and look, in the name of being humble, right, Lord, I don't need a title. You know, I'm just your servant. I can be, you know, people can perceive whatever they want, whether they perceive pastor, whether they perceive teacher, whether they perceive prophet, whatever they perceive, that is fine. I'll answer to it because bottom line is I am a minister. Minister means servant. I am your servant. I will use the title minister. But that's not what God told me to do. So in the name of being humble, I was being rebellious because I was not calling myself what God was calling me. And that has repercussions because if I don't call myself what God calls me, guess what? There's a reason he calls me that. There's, a, there's, there's an assignment that's attached to that. And it's going to 
have bearing on what I do and how I carry out the assignments that he gives me. And if I can't even line up with what he calls me, how can I line up with what he has called me to do? And the impact that he has called me to have in this earth. Wow. So none of this was in my notes, but here we go. The last couple of weeks, we've been talking about humility and taking God at his word about what he says about us. What has God called you that you're having trouble reconciling within yourself? What assignment has he given you that you're having difficulty carrying out because you don't see yourself able like God sees you? able. Last week, or the last couple of weeks, we've talked about the importance of seeing. Last week, we looked at Joseph, and we looked at Jeremiah. We, we're going to look at them again tonight. But each time, like when Pharaoh was talking to Joseph, he said, see, I have set you over Egypt. Jeremiah, God told him, see, I have set you over kingdoms. We have to see what God says about us. Because in each of these situations, God has spoken, and this is how we're going to dissect the scriptures tonight, but in each of those scriptures that I just said, Jesus spoke, or God spoke, it was spoken of them, who they were, what they had, and what they could do. And then there was the command, see, I have set you here. See, I have set you here. We have to align what we see with what God sees. In other words, okay, and so when we're talking about humility and we're using that vocabulary of humility, one aspect of humility or the main, the aspect of humility is, is humbling ourselves. And when we humble ourselves, that means we submit. It means we surrender. So when God is telling us to see something about ourselves, we have to surrender the way we see ourselves and submit to the way he sees us. That's how we get into alignment with him. That's how we come into agreement with him. And so tonight, we're just going to go through some scriptures, and we're going to um, look at examples of where people had to see who they were, what they had, and what they could do, and where God had placed them. As we go over these scriptures, I want you to let Holy Spirit minister to you about you. I don't want you to just hear these as stories about somebody else. I don't want these to be just Bible stories to you. I want them to be examples for you. And I want you to let Holy Spirit minister it to you so you can take it that next step and get practical application. Okay. Can I say something? Yes. You know, I, I wrote down here already tonight that God calls me a Boaz. Okay. 
So I, I just wanted to be able to say what I heard. He calls me other things too. But one of the things he calls me or says of me is that I am a Boaz. Okay, did he say what kind of Boaz? No, I didn't know. Okay. There was different kinds. I didn't know we had different kinds. It's okay. You you heard just as long as you hear. That's good. You'll hear more. Praise God. And I'm glad that you have said that and you have shared that. And so that's let let that be where your energy is while we're studying these scriptures. This is so awesome. This is so awesome because, or let me say, why is it important that we see? Uh, I was listening to Lindsay Roberts today. She is the daughter-in-law of the um, teacher, evangelist, prophet, Oral Roberts, who has gone on to be with the Lord. But the Lord was teaching her something and he gave her an object lesson. He taught her to take a picture with one of those instant cameras where you take the picture and then the Polaroid comes out immediately. And she said she was looking at it and it was just blurry, 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 but oh, colors are some coming in and oh, and it's getting clearer and oh, and now it's the perfect picture of the very thing that she took a picture of. And she was like, okay, Lord, nice camera, nice picture was the point. And he said to her, what you focus on is what will develop. What you focus on is what will develop. So if God has spoken something to you, about you, focus on that because I guarantee you other voices will come in and say, no, 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 no. Nope, that's not true. What? You? Are you joking? No, there's no way you can do that. Other voices are going to come in. But what you focus on is what will develop. If you choose to focus on what God has said about you, if you choose to see what God has said about you, that is what will develop. But if you choose to let all these other voices in the periphery have their way and you're not focused on anything, then guess what's going to develop? A big bunch of nothing, a big bunch of, you're going to be confused in your assignment, confused in your thoughts, confused in your identity, confused in all these things. And that's why I like Psalm, you can write this down, Psalm 3527. Actually, I will read it. Let me pull it up real quick. Psalm 35, 27. It says, let them shout for joy and be glad that favor my righteous cause. Yea, let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified, with hath, which hath pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. Let the Lord be magnified, which has pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. So in the midst of everything that's going on, in the midst of all these voices, let the Lord be magnified. Let the Lord's voice be the loudest voice. Let the Lord's vision for you be your vision for you. Let it be magnified. What does magnified mean? Magnified means to be made bigger. When I, uh, if I'm reading, 
and I get a magnifying glass and I put the magnifying glass over the print, what happens? It enlarges it. Okay. Does it enlarge it on the page or does it enlarge it in my vision? Enlarges it in your vision. Yes, because that is the place where I have focused the magnifying glass. And whatever is under that magnifying glass is what appears larger, even though the words are the same size on the page. Well, when we magnify the Lord, we've got all these other influences out here. When we choose to put our magnifying glass on the Lord, when we choose to put our attention on him, when we choose to put our focus on him, when we choose to put our energy on him, he is what appears larger to us than anything else. If I were to pair that with a scripture, I would say, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Why? Because I'm focusing on him that is in me. So even when the obstacles come, the challenges come, the naysayers come, the negativity comes, the doubt comes, the unbelief comes, they are just wiped out of the way because you focus on the Lord so much that he's bigger than anything else you see. Let the Lord be magnified, which hath pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. He, he is so pleased when we prosper. It makes him happy to see us prosper. It gives him joy. It fulfills him when we prosper. So we know that he's not against us. He's not going to sabotage us. He's not going to say anything about us that's not true. Last week and the week before, we talked about God is not a man that he should lie or the son of man that he should repent. He's not going to set us up for failure. He's not going to make us think that we can do something that we can't do. We can absolutely trust him. So we can give our all in putting our focus on him. We can give our all in putting our attention on him because we know he will not fail us. We know he won't let us down. We know he won't set us up to knock us down. We know that he's for us. We know that he has pleasure in our prosperity. He's cheering us on. He's setting us up to succeed. He's giving us everything we need to succeed. That's why we come in humility and we say, I am who God says I am. I have what God says I have, and I can do what God says I can do. Amen. 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 Okay. So let us turn to our first scripture. Um, it's a bit of a review, but we're, like I said, we're going to dig a little deeper into it tonight. So let's turn to Genesis chapter 41. And we'll start at um, verse 39. But here's what I want you to do if you have um, a paper. Or actually, here's the form. This is, this is the format that we're going to use for all of the scriptures we look at tonight. So if you haven't written it down yet, I'll give you time to do it. Humility says, I am who God says I am. Humility says, I have what God says I have. 
And humility says, I can do what God says I can do. So we're going to look for this thread through each of the scriptures that we read tonight. With each of these um, people in the Bible, we're going to identify with the exception of Joseph, because with Joseph, it's Pharaoh who's saying it. But who... What was the last one? I can do what God says I can do. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. So for each of these um, scriptures, this is what we're going to look for. Who does God say they are? Except for, like I said, Joseph, this is Pharaoh doing this. Number two, what does God say they have? Number three, what does God say they can do? And number four, what is it that they need to see? Those are going to be the four questions we answer for each of these scriptures. And um, the answers may not be in the scripture in that particular order. And you're not going to find the scriptures word for word. I am, da, 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 I have, I can do you're going to answer the question based on what the scripture says. All right. Okay. Could I ask a question? Yes. The humility says I am who God says I am. I have what God says I have and I can do what God says I can do. Yes. And then you gave another one. Yes. What is it? No, that's all that humility says, but our assignment tonight, is to focus on seeing what God sees. So in each of these scriptures, these people are supposed to see something. So our fourth question is, what are they supposed to see? Okay. All right. So the first scripture is Genesis chapter 41. And we'll start at verse 39. And we will read through verse 41. I will read. And I just want you all to listen with those questions in mind. Okay. So um, the context of the scriptures that Joseph has just interpreted the dream for Pharaoh, where there would be seven years of fatness and seven years of leanness. And Pharaoh is impressed with this. Okay. So verse 39, and I'm reading out of the King James Version. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, For as much as God hath showed thee all this, there is none so discreet and wise as thou art. Thou shalt be over my house. According unto thy word shall all my people be ruled. Only in the throne will I be greater than thou. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, See, I have set thee over all the land of Egypt. Now I'm going to read it again, but this time I'll read it in the Amplified Classic. Okay. 
the language might go a little bit better with our questions. It says, and Pharaoh said to Joseph, for as much as your God has, has shown you all this, there is nobody as intelligent and discreet and understanding and wise as you are. You shall have charge over my house and all my people shall be governed according to your word with reverence, submission, and obedience. Only in matters of the throne will I be greater than you are. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, See, I have set you over all the land of Egypt. So as we reflect on I am who God says I am, with Joseph, we're talking about Pharaoh. Who did God say, I mean, who did Pharaoh say that Joseph is? This one is a little tricky, but it's found in verse 39. Do you want the answer from the um, Amplified or? It doesn't matter. Well, he said that he was um, uh, intelligent and discreet and understanding and wise, wiser than anybody. Yes, that's who he is. That is what Pharaoh called him. Now, if, we, if Joseph isn't walking in humility, he might be like, oh, no, it was just, you know, it was just luck or, oh, no, God, you know, God just blessed me with that or God just, you know, he would not have received that acknowledgement from Pharaoh. And since Pharaoh is in charge, this is just going along with our, our um, demonstration tonight. Pharaoh's the one is, who is in charge. Pharaoh is the one who's calling him what he is. And this is what he has observed. And therefore, this is what he has said about Joseph. That he's um, intelligent, discreet, understanding, and wise, more so than all the others. Okay, good. So now, what does Pharaoh say that Joseph has? I'll read verse 40 out of the Amplified Classic. He says, you shall have charge over my house and all my people shall be governed according to your word. Only in matters of the throne will I be greater than you are. We have leadership um, power. Yes, good, power, I like that word. He has leadership power, yes. And with that, or okay, leadership power, because that's um, the charge over his house, all the people will be ruled by him, yes. And so here's the third question, um, what can he do? What did Pharaoh say he can do? Again, I'll read verse 40 in the Amplified Classic. You shall have charge over my house 
and all my people shall be governed according to your word. What can he do? Not only does he have leadership power, but he governs. He governs. He can govern. He can govern. And so now, well, let's, 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 uh, let's go through those things. So somebody run it down for me. What does Joseph have? I mean, what, who is Joseph? What does he have and what can he do? Just run them down real fast. Shalom. Um, he can govern. Start, he has. Start with I am. Who is he? I am who God says I am. So start with that one. Who is he? He is um, who is he? He's intelligent and discreet and understanding and wise. Yes. And what does he have? He has power. And what can he do? Govern. He can govern. And so with all of this now, what is it that he needs to see? What is it that he needs to wrap his mind around? What is it that he needs to align with as far as what Pharaoh is saying to him? Well, he has been taken from the jail and put in second in command of all in, in all of Egypt. So he has to start seeing himself okay. as yes. that. Yes, but just verse 41, verse 41. That he have to see that he's in charge. Yes, he has to see that he's in charge. Absolutely. Because Shalom, what you said is true. He's been taken from the prison, but now he's been placed in second command. He doesn't need to see that he's been taken from the prison. He doesn't need to see where he was. He, need to, he needs to see where he's going. What you focus on is what will develop. If we focus on, I've been taken from the jail, it could be easy to say, man, you know, and whatever ought he may or may not have had against his brothers, whatever emotional things he had to get through, whatever experiences he had in jail, he's letting all of that in if he chooses to focus on that. And then if he's mixing it with I'm second in charge over Egypt, the two hardly go together. There's just a whole lot of emotional uh, potential for emotional turmoil there. And Pharaoh did not say to him, see, I have taken you out of the prison and made you um, and set you over the land of Egypt. That's not what he's supposed to see. He's supposed to see that he's in charge. That's what he has to focus on so it can develop. I am who, say, who God says I am. I have what God says I am have and I can do what God says I can do. Now I need to align my vision with his vision. I actually need to surrender my vision and submit to his. Because somebody that I'm so glad you said that Shalom. 
Because when somebody comes up to Joseph and say, hey, weren't you the one in prison, weren't you? And they try to throw things up against him. There's no room in his new identity for him to get caught up in that or for him to allow condemnation to come upon him. The vision of who Pharaoh said he was must be larger inside him than any other. So we set our mind, I'm coming to us now, we set our mind on what God has said. If God wanted Joseph, or if Joseph was supposed to focus on he had come out of the prison, that would have been there. But he said, see, I have set thee over the land of Egypt. And there's one more point I want to bring out. Um, talking about humility, right? We're seeing, it's a realistic view of our own importance in the sight of God and in comparison to God. And it also being humble means being in a place of utter dependence upon God where we depend upon God for everything. And that is actually taking a whole lot of weight off when we realize we don't have to do it. We just have to do it the way he says do it. And do it. he gives us everything we need. It takes such a load off. So when we look at this verse 41 and we look at what Joseph is supposed to see, because, oh my gosh, I'm over the land of Egypt. No pressure, right? Who set him over the land of Egypt? Pharaoh. <laughs> Pharaoh did. Pharaoh did. So it wasn't Joseph's doing. Therefore, there's no, <laughs> therefore, Joseph is not responsible for making sure he has everything he needs. Pharaoh set him there. Pharaoh will make sure he has everything he needs. Pharaoh put him in position. Pharaoh gave him that leadership power. Pharaoh will make sure it is enforced. All Joseph has to do is see himself as Pharaoh has called him see himself as Pharaoh sees him and walk in it. Pharaoh will make sure he has every provision he needs. Pharaoh will make sure that he has all the backup he needs and all the enforcement he needs. That will be important later. But are you following what I'm saying? Yep. Yes. All right. So let's go to our second one. This is also a little bit of review from last week. Let's turn to Jeremiah chapter 1, and we're going to read verses 5 through 10. I will read them. I will read them out of the, um, excuse me, out of the King James Version. Just let me know when you're ready. What chapter and verse? Jeremiah chapter 1, and I'll read verses 5 through 10. Okay. In the King James Version, this is God speaking to Jeremiah. Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet to the nations. 
Then said I, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child. But the Lord said unto me, Say not, I am a child, for thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee, and what and whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said unto me, Behold, I have put my words in thy mouth. See, I have this day set thee over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down and to destroy and to throw down, to build and to plant. So now as we reflect on these scriptures, let's identify humility. I am who God says I am. I have what God says I have. I can do what God says I can do. Who is Jeremiah? A prophet. A prophet. Because God has ordained him as a prophet unto the nations. That's in verse 5. Very good. And um, I am, I have. What does Isaac, what does Jeremiah have? These verses, these, these answers can be found in verses 8 and 9. Um, let's see. Okay, so Shalom yeah. says, Bold, boldness. Oh, sorry. Shalom says he has the backing of the Lord. What scriptures are those, Shalom? Verse 8, where he says, I am with thee to deliver thee. So he has the Lord's presence, he has the Lord's backing. Very good. There's another thing that he has. It's in verse 9. What were you going to say, Michelle? The, um, the power to speak, uh, the ability to speak, boldness. Okay, and where do you where where do you get that? Okay, verse nine. And the Lord put forth His hand and touched touched my mouth, and the Lord said unto me, Behold, I have put my words in thy mouth. Yes. So what does he have there in verse 9? Speech. Speech. And he's got the very words of the Lord. He doesn't even have to come up with his own words to say. God equips him with the words that are to be spoken. Hallelujah. So yes. So he's got the backing of the Lord because the Lord is with him. That's in verse 8. And he's got the words of the Lord. And we know from um, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, in the King James, it says, um, the word is alive. And I, I get my, verse, my uh, versions mixed up. Anyway, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. Let me read it. Let me read it. Let me read it. Because it's something about the Lord's words over your words. 
in the King James, it says, for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. In the Amplified Classic, it says, for the word that God speaks, and even when they're his words in your mouth, it's God speaking. For the word that God speaks is alive and full of power, making it active, operative, energizing, and effective. Hallelujah. So um, Jeremiah has the presence of the Lord, which is the backing of the Lord, and he has the Lord's words. So he's a prophet. He has God's presence, God's backing, and God's words. And what can he do? You hit on this just a minute ago, um, Michelle. What can he do? And this is found in verse 7. speak. Mm -hmm. He can speak. Whatever I tell you to say, you can say it. And what else? Verse 7. But the Lord said unto me, Say not, I am a child, for thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee, and whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. So we said that he can speak. He can speak whatever God has given him to speak, but what else? Yes, he will go to all that God sends him. Any, in, in other words, anywhere that I send you, you can go. Just by virtue of my sending you, you have everything you need to go. Whether it's finances, whether it's resources, whether it's, um, I don't know, I'm thinking about nowadays, right? Especially when we went to Kenya, we needed a way in and we needed a way out. Um, I needed time off of work. I needed, you know, everything. So, Jeremiah is going to be able to go where God says he can go, and he's going to be able to speak what God says he can speak. And so what is the lesson for us? Just by virtue of God telling us to do something, we have everything we need to be able to do it. Now that we might have to pray some things out, we might have to, and, and when I say pray some things out, it's not praying, trying to get God to do something. It's praying and saying, okay, Lord, how do you want me to do this? Okay, Lord, what resources are going to open up? It's praying, it's communing with him, and it's, it's getting his answers on how to um, get the things that we need to manifest, but not because God has yet to do it. Just by virtue of God speaking it to us, it's already done. Now we get to seek him and find out how to cooperate with him to bring it to pass. Amen. So what is it that Jeremiah needs to see? What is it that Jeremiah needs to see? And this can be found in verse 10. Yes, he needs to see what God has said about him. 
God says, I have this day set you over the nations and over kingdoms. So Jeremiah needs to see himself in a place of authority over nations, plural, and kingdoms, plural, to root out, to pull down, to destroy, to throw down, to build, and to plant. He needs to see the assignment that God has given him to do. He needs to magnify this in his thinking. He needs to magnify this in his speaking. He needs to magnify this in his praying. He needs to magnify this in his focus. He needs to let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. He needs to let what God has said to him become bigger than anything else. Amen. 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 Okay, there are two more, and I really like these two. Um, maybe we'll just, we'll do one quickly, and maybe one will be homework. Okay, the next one is Moses. Let's turn to Exodus chapter 6, and we'll start at verse 28, and we'll go through chapter 7, verse 2. So we're going to start at Exodus chapter 6, verse 28. Let me know when you have it, and I'll start reading. I'm ready. You ready, Michelle? Yes. Okay. All right, we're going to keep the questions. Who does God say I am? What does God say I have? What does God say I can do? And what do I need to see? So here it is with Moses, chapter 6, verse 28, out of the King James Version. And it came to pass on the day, the Lord, on the day when the Lord spake unto Moses in the land of Egypt, that the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, I am the Lord. Speak thou unto Pharaoh, king of Egypt, all that I say unto thee. And Moses said before the Lord, Behold, I am of uncircumcised lips, and how shall Pharaoh hearken unto me? That uncircumcised lips is um, it's amplified as deficient and impeded speech, like he's a stammerer or something. Chapter 7, verse 1. And the Lord said unto Moses, See, I have made thee a god to Pharaoh, and Aaron thy brother shall be thy prophet. Thou shalt speak all that I command thee, and Aaron thy brother shall speak unto Pharaoh that he send the children of Israel out of his land. All right. Humility says I am who God says I am. I have what God says I have. I can do what God says I can do. Who did God say Moses is? He's a common G God. A common G God to whom? Pharaoh. To Pharaoh. Okay. Yes, that is true. And that is also what Moses had to see. Because what was Moses' concern? 
he's still like in my own words, he's still little for Pharaoh to listen to him. Yes, both his speech um, is what Shalom said, his speech, and that, you know, I'm just Moses. What, why would Pharaoh listen to me? So while this answer is true, Michelle, I want us to find another answer. It's hidden in here. Let's look at um, chapter 6, verse 29. That the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, I am the Lord. Speak thou unto Pharaoh, king of Egypt, all that I shall say unto thee. God was recruiting Moses to be his what? Spokesman. 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 So, and, and keep this in mind. Um, it's just growing bigger. I've said it several times already, and it just keeps growing bigger. So I believe it's significant for all of us tonight and for things that we will find ourselves walking into even this week. Just by virtue of God telling you to do something, that is what he calls you. That is who he calls you. And that is what he has equipped you to do. You have everything you need to be able to carry out that assignment. So yes, um, for this, we would say that Moses is God's spokesman. Now what- um, can, I, oh, yeah. can I interject for a little second? Um, um, on my way home, I was listening to the radio and the presentation was about they were speaking about Jonah and, and making reference that um, whatever God has been telling us over the years and we've been wrestling with it, mm -hmm. we just need to heed this call. So it's just coincident that this is the topic that we're talking about as well tonight. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Um, and so I'm going to say this. <laughs> so it's great. I would say it's great confirmation. You know that in the Hebrew language, which is the original language of the Old Testament, that there is no such word as coincidence because God is very intentional. And so what confirmation, if I may offer that to you, what confirmation this is of that? That's a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Okay, so... <laughs> The Lord is ministering to me what you just said. Stop wrestling with it. Just take heed. Hallelujah. Okay. So um, now, what does Moses have? What does God say that Moses has? He is God's spokesperson. Spokesperson. We can find this one in... Verse 1, since Moses is concerned about his speech, what has God graciously given him? Authority. Okay. Um, in verse 1, it says, And the Lord said unto Moses, See, I have made thee a God to Pharaoh, is that where you got authority? Yes. Okay, that's good. I hadn't seen that. That's good. And Aaron, thy brother, shall be thy prophet. So he has authority and he has a prophet in his brother. In other words, someone who will speak for him. In other words, he, 
Moses is God's spoke per spokesperson, but now Moses has someone that he can an interpreter. <laughs> he has someone that he mm-hmm. can speak to who will speak to to um, Pharaoh. Very good. All right. And what can Moses do? This is found in verse two. It's almost the same as what he said to Jeremiah. Yes, he have the laws of word to speak. Mm-hmm. But what, what does it say word for word in verse 2? Thou shalt speak all that I command thee. Yes, you shall speak all that I command thee. So since the Lord is commanding him what to speak, yes, he has the Lord's words and you can speak. You have the ability to speak. It's like if the Lord told me to, <laughs> no, okay, so this, okay, so Peter, right, saw Jesus walking on the water, Lord, if that's you, bid me to come. Well, then, and Peter knew, if Jesus says I can do it, then I can do it. Jesus said, come. Peter could walk on the water, though he got distracted and fell, um, but by virtue of Jesus telling him to come, He had everything he needed. So when God tells us to do it, we can do it. All right. That is humility because what would pride say? Lord, I can't do that. Lord, I'm not this enough. Lord, I'm not that enough. Lord, who's going to believe me? Lord, da, 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 da. But if God says we can do it, then we say, yes, Lord, I can do it. We might even be like the man, and I believe it's in Mark chapter 9, I believe, help my unbelief. But either way, we submit to him and say we can do it. Hallelujah. All right, there's one more. This is the most exciting one to me. Josh, I might give this one to you all for homework. I will do that. I will do that. This is my favorite one, though. We're going to do that. I'll give it to you all for homework. Um, Just write these scriptures down, please. It's Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 through 6. And Joshua chapter 5, verse 13 through, six, through chapter 6, verse 2. So it's Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 through 6, and um, chapter 5, verse 13, through chapter 6, verse 2. And you're going to answer those same questions. Who did God say Joshua was? What did God say Joshua had? And what did Joshua say that, I mean, what did God say that Joshua could do? And what did Joshua need to see? When you write down your answers, make sure you write the scripture reference where you got them from. So, you know, if he had God's words, then you write verse, whatever it is, so that we have all of that. Okay? Okay. Okay. In all of these examples that we did um, with Joseph, Pharaoh said, I have set me over Egypt. With Jeremiah, God said, I have set thee over the nations and over the kingdoms. 
with Moses, he said, I have made thee a God to Pharaoh. Everything, the one who is in charge has done it. And so all we need to do is get with the program and let him keep doing it because he has chosen to do it through us. He didn't say, all right, Joseph, bring your own dream interpretations. He didn't say, Jeremiah, you got to figure out what to say to these people. He didn't say, okay, Moses, you're going to have to find a way to make Pharaoh listen to you. No, God has already provided everything that we need to carry out the assignment that he has given us. And we need to trust him in that, rely on him in that, and rest in him in that. Amen. 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 Thank you so much for being here. I pray that you were blessed. And I will look forward to seeing you both, seeing you all, seeing everybody next week. 